You know, I'm just very happy that this Anaconda shows no bias, whether these people have buns or not. Yeah, you know, it, it wants some, whether they got buns or not, hon. Yeah, it's it's buns neutral. It doesn't really have <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Owen Wilson, no buns. Yeah. I don't know. No. Well, no. Little yeah. token. On, on and, and fails to eat the best pair of buns, so there's that. John, right? No, he got John Voight. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Buncast, where we all sit around the tables and we talk about the films you'll never discuss in a film say, of course, this week's film, Anaconda, uh, starring Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, uh, John Voight, others. Oh, Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Yeah, it's great. Uh, good times. Yeah, um, it's a good day. It, it is a... <laughs> It is a movie, made of movie. It is, yeah, it is 100% movie from start to finish. Um, USDA grade B. <laughs> it is movie. Um, I'm still Dustinson. I'm Cinnamon Arthur Gordon. Uh, and I'm uh, a regular Dalton. Well, he said it was the bun cast, so. Oh, uh, right, right, okay. right. Well, then I guess I'm Hawaiian Dalton Stern. What does it make you? Hot cross, Dustin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At short notice, that's the best I've got for you. It could have been hot dog. It could have been or hot, hamburger. Hamburger. I could have been hamburger bun. Seems, is there a cookie bun? Is there a cookie? Man, I wish there was. <laughs> I actually made made little cookies this week, so there was. You that. did that thing. What was it with the the waffle cone? You did something. Oh, what did you make? I I baked cake inside. Uh, Ice cream cones, yeah, and then topped it with ice cream on top of. So you have your cake and ice cream in a little in a waffle cone in a portable waffle cone. Pretty hand. clever, Dustin. It was um quite well. I didn't think of it myself, but, but it, ah okay, but it was quite delicious. Um, good times were had by. Actually, no, that sounds like a like like a TikTok recipe. It, well, it feels feels very uh, Pinteresty, yeah. yeah. Uh, the craftiest of the social media. We are going to have to talk about the movie at some point, unfortunately. We are. And when we do, we're going to do this. We're going to spoil the movie because this is an analysis show, not a review show. Ah. And that means we are going to we are gonna have to talk about John Voight's buns at the end of this film and what happens to um, those winky, winky buns. Uh, uh, what we'll do to avoid that, in case you have not seen Anaconda from 1997. 25 years old. It is... Um, wow. Been around a minute. What we're going to do, though, to avoid spoilers, uh, if you want to decide to dip your toe in the water, which it seems to be a bad idea in the in the realm of this film, uh, but if you're dipping your toes in the waters uh, of the film, uh, make up your mind. We're going to have synopsis. It's going to be spoiler-free. We have quick reviews from us, just our general knee-jerk reactions to the film, which will be just like what you might find in a regular uh, review that you might read in a newspaper or on a internet blog. Then we'll move on to a little exercise we like to call expanding the syllabus, which uh, sometimes involves a spoiler of the film, but more likely involves spoiler films in the orbit of this film. Constellations of films, if you, if you will, shining like a diamond in the sky. And then we get down to business. That business being, as always, analysis. And that's when all spoiler bets are off. That's your warning. Arthur, do you have that synopsis for us? A documentary crew set off down the Amazon River hoping to document a mysterious tribal people. But after rescuing a snake hunter, they are diverted into a mad search for a record-breaking, man-eating anaconda. Yep, that's the movie. It's it, in the title. It yep. is in the title. It is um, is a it's 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 jaw. It's promised. If you snakes. can't breathe, you can't scream. Yeah, that's true. Is that the tagline? That's the tagline. Yeah, well, that's not wrong. No, it's accurate. In space, no one can hear you scream either. It is. Yeah, it is a. Very no one can hear you in the night, in the dark. That's a quote from The Haunting. Ah, okay. Ninety nine Haunting. That's pretty good, though. No one is safe. Safe. No one is happy. Um, so. <laughs> <And it got> <laughs> 
<laughs> with that, uh, in this true story based on the life of Sir Mix-a-Lot, <laughs> God, if only we have all seen this film before. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, then Dalton, you get to go first. Yeah, I hadn't seen this one in a while. Uh, this I watched this like quite a bit growing up. I feel like this was a pretty heavy rotation for me. This was my arachnophobia. I know a lot of people uh... have seen that one a bunch. Uh, this was the creature feature that I saw a whole ton in the 90s. Uh, a friend I owned it and was, was into it. So it was, in a, it was a snake's kid. Uh, so yeah, I've seen this a couple of times. But uh, it was fun to revisit. You know, it definitely uh, is what it is. As Arthur said, it's called Anaconda. And that's what the movie is about. Uh, it is about people m- m- mussing where they shouldn't be mussing. And the earth mussing back. It's exactly that kind of movie. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Everybody's kind of a stock character. Uh, John Wade is making choices in bold, and that's pretty cool. Ice Cube is having a fun time. Jennifer Lopez is not getting to do anything, fortunately. Owen Wilson is also not getting to do anything. Um, and then the movie ends. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess Jonathan Hyde's there. He, he gets to do some 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 fun stuff. Uh, it's more regular bad than fun bad for me, unfortunately. I think it's a good enough time at the, at the movies, but it's also not one I'm going to be in any hurry to rewatch again uh so that's sort of where i'm at with, with it. it it's got its moments uh some cool animatronic stuff going on with the snake really like that puppet uh and surprisingly decent effects for 97 mm. you know the, C- the cgi holds up okay it's pretty pretty but also everything in 97 looked pretty i mean we just did jurassic Park lost world uh, a couple weeks ago now and that's not, you know, even for a Spielberg movie, the movie that doesn't look spectacular. Um, so I feel like this is on par with kind of what's going on there. Maybe uh, the Spielberg stuff being a little bit better composited just as far as like judging based on a contemporary. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, it's a B movie. The effects don't have to be lock stock uh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got, just got to have to work. And they, they work here. And again, everybody worked. Everybody did their job. It's very competently made creature feature, but it's also just not... It's not quite bad enough for my taste. I need it to be a little shittier or a lot better. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much for that, Dalton. What do you think, Arthur? Do you like Anaconda? Uh, I'm probably warmer on it than Dalton is, but I'm not going to down a hill defending it. I think, <laughs> I think, it's, a, I think it's a fun time. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, you know, it's a, it's a tight 90, and I, I appreciate that it, and no, no, no harm, no foul watching it. Uh, I really, I mean, I think strongest element is the cast, right? right? I mean, yeah. You just got a, a a bunch of really sub performers in there. Um, decisions or not, I, I think you know, uh, especially early. I mean, this is an early crossover for both Ice Cube and J Lo, and yeah. so I think they both have something to prove mm-hmm. in a way. Or maybe like a little chip on the shoulder, and I think they both deliver really. I mean, she's I think probably worked a little more than Ice had at the time. But well, we're a few years out from Boys in the Hood, uh, a few years out from fr- a couple of years out from Friday. So this yeah. is still early in his own career. I'm trying to think. Had J Lo done Out of Sight yet, or is that after? Out of Sight's late. That's I right. Think it's the like next year, I yeah. think. So maybe she goes on to Out of Sight off of Anaconda. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it feels pretty early. I think for her though, I was going to look real quick, quick to see where she. I think this is like got to be her first. Selena's role, right? the Selena's oh, the big duh. one, but it's the same year. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, so she's on Money Train. She's in Jack, Blood and Wine. Of course, so Jack. I mean, I mean, 97's her year. She does these two. She has two other movies this year. Then out of sight the next year, year gotcha. and then kind of off to the races for her. So, yeah, this is sort of the blow up cinematic pinnacle cell. Yes. But, but, and I mean, I say that with no sarcasm. Uh, well, you know, I want to agree with you, but then she didn't went and made Hustlers, which is a mm. spectacular movie, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, she's built a career off of 
you know, middling genre stuff. Damn right. Rom-coms yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good. So, this is probably the most interesting movie she's been in. Well, that's sure. I say Hustlers. Hustlers yeah. has got some, you know, a lot of meat. recession yeah, meat yeah, on yeah. its bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff, good stuff there. But yeah, the cell is, you know, weird and dreamy. Ways yeah. that are fun. Nonetheless, I, I like as I said, you know, I think that early moment in their careers really helps them establish themselves and really gives them something to swing for. Um, and everybody else on the boat's fine or doing their job or are really good. You know, I like seeing Owen Wilson. It's always fun to see Owen Wilson, young Owen Wilson here. Yeah. Um, Again, really before he breaks out at a major level. Yeah, this is post Water Rocket, but pre Tenenbaum. So yeah, like pre Zoolander and pre, yeah. you know, it's before he really takes off. Um, so that, that's, you know, really fun. I, th- I think you said the snake stuff, that's really cool. The animatronics there are really fun. Um, some of that filming stuff that they're doing there is good. Oh, I think we get the Hitchcock pull and zoom out move at one point on the boat. Yep. Uh, so, you know, I, I think all that fun stuff is fine. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it is what it is though. It's a it's it is a kind of '90s campy horror B movie. Um, it's it's I think better than some that came out of this era. Um, I think it has probably got the strongest cult following of this period. I mean, got it, a ton of direct video. I mean, it's, this and Deep Blue Sea, I think, right? I mean, those are kind of the two. That you, you know, Lake Plas is not quite as. Do you know they did love. an Anaconda versus Lake Placid? Do you know about this? No. There's, there is an Anaconda versus Lake Placid, apparently. But yeah, I like you're right. I feel like Lake, Lake Placid, Placid is, is the of... enormous crocodile alligator. Yeah. Yeah, big Al- alligator, alligator in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they anyway. are in the sewers, Maybe it is a croc. Because there is a movie that's just called Alligator. Well, alligators are not, I mean, I, that scared crocodiles are. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. No, when they're that big, they're all scary. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> they're all dinosaurs and they're all horrifying. There it is. Alligators anyway. lay there mostly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, I, you know, it wasn't mad. I watched it. I've seen it a few times in the past. I know you're getting into, uh, again, I think so much is helped by the, the cast itself. Uh, and I'm just journeying through the, the jungle and the heart of darkness type of element of it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, and then there's Eric Stoltz laying in bed. And that's yeah, it. The, the, Dustin, speaking, what did you think of Anaconda? Speaking of one with anything to do, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. He, so he, how yeah. about refrigerating Eric Stoltz? It is like, it's like uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal in executive decision, right? It's just like you put the third person on the bill out of commission for the whole movie. I love it. Yeah, that's I love the fake out. Um, but anyway, that that is a, happens in this movie, which is made of movie, and it is a, an okay time. I I don't hate John Voight's Uruguayan, Paraguayan adjacent. Again, choices, choices. Are being made. I don't hate it. I, I think he's fun. I don't, I don't hate I don't it know. at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, accent, he's just playing Tony Montana. Yeah, yeah. The, the accent's just, probably yeah, racist, yeah. but uh, he's hilarious. I, I yeah, he's, he's, buy it. However, here's the better movie: the guy who plays Mateo takes Danny Trejo's role. Danny, Danny Trejo plays... I, when I saw Trejo in the opening crawl, I was like, I don't remember Trejo being in this movie. He must be like the boat captain or something. Nope. Yeah. So Badly we, not. We, we move him to Sorna, and then we move uh, John Voight to the, the captain and let him live oh. a little longer. Ah, that's, I see. I, that's a little bit of a shift, and it's uh, impressively better, I think, as a film. But nonetheless, um, the... Animatronics are, I like the puppets. I think the puppets are really well designed. Uh, I'm a person who actually probably is a borderline snake phobic, whatever that is. Herp to, I don't know what it is. But uh, I don't like snakes very much. They, their, their movement they, bothers they, they, you. They, they wig the heck out of me, yeah. I don't, I don't like them at all. I'm, I'm a good snake, dead snake guy. Yeah, you know? and I feel that's, that. what The movement of the snakes never unnerved me. 
it doesn't quite look it, it, right. It, it does. It? It, and I think for a movie like this, I mean, I know you know the sort of Jaws, uh, Marty McFly criticism. The shark still looks fake. The the shark was fine for in Jaws. It looked to me like an object of terror, and maybe because that that particular being. Uh, is alien to me that I don't, don't have enough familiarity, but I've seen a lot of snakes in my life. And I, I think that's the real difficulty this film has, is to get across that particular hump. The way in which snakes move, that that is sort of inherently unnerving. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I never felt the primal peril that I would feel if I saw a garter snake on my back porch. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, yeah. Uh, which... For a 40 long man-eating snake, I ought to feel at least the same fear I feel for a garter snake yeah. on my back porch. And I did not. Not. So for that, it it just simply fails to have that going on for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the cast are fine. I've, said I've got a Nat Geo on uh, Anacondas that I watched for this that I could send you. That's got a lot of really unnerving snake I, I'm, 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 Yeah, yeah I figured you might be okay. That's a, that's a hard pass but for no, me. But no, I, I 100% get what you're saying because watching this little Nat Geo special that I found on YouTube, I was like, God, I hate the way snakes move. Heebie, 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 yeah, right? yeah, totally. And, and this movie fails, I think it's its most visceral level to get the heebie-jeebies. And so that's that's really where it's unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, watching Owen Wilson on screen and doing what he's doing, watching Ice Cube be amazing watching Jennifer Lopez be there uh again this is not her fault it's the no. script's fault but you know those th- things I, I think are fine um there's something going on with Jennifer Lopez and her makeup in this movie too I cannot quite figure it out but she's a different person from scene to scene sometimes I'm not sure if somebody on lighting and cinematography is not catching something right mm-hmm. but she she's Jennifer Lopez in, in most of the scenes and a few scenes I'm like who is that Interesting. There, there's a, there was a thing going on there for me, and I'm not sure quite what it was. Yeah, could be lighting, could be uh, makeup, could be both. Could be. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. But I'm like, did they get somebody else besides Jennifer Lopez? Oh, that is Jennifer Lopez. Okay. And yeah. and then it's like, oh, that is still her. It, it, it was a strange experience for me. And this is, I had no child interruptions. This was me in my home, quiet mm. in the evening. You know, I had a dog occasionally barking <laughs> was my only distraction. So uh, I thought I had pretty much ideal viewing experiences there, but. Uh, that being said, I think this movie makes some great choices. I think the weird upside down twisty camera stuff is inspired and very, very fun mm-hmm. there. Uh, I also very much enjoyed uh, what I'm going to call the gut cam shot. That rules. <laughs> Maybe the moment of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so those choices are being, there's a couple CGI choices post um, consumption that are not effective. Mm-hmm. But being said, We'll talk more about that, I think, a little bit later. But that being said, it I think it were it's got all the pieces there. It's just there's a little bit in the assembly that's just not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I mean, 90 minutes, as you say, it's fun. Uh, it's an adventure movie. It feels very much like an adventure movie. Like, it did more romancing the stone comedy. Yeah. Almost. I agree. If it was it never feels like it leans pure horror. It does feel like it's trying to ride that more horror comedy adventure horror yeah, I feel like Cube... And that may just be the nature of the setting itself. I don't know. And but... Cube's character could have, was was funny. And I think Cube Voight get the tone of this better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ice Cube knows That's that fair. he's kind and of then the maybe, uh, 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 I got to get back to L.A. guy, and Voight is winking villain like and he hide. knows that. i think john john probably gets it that's true he knows that he's the wanker and that's yeah. like what he's there to do yeah yeah and he gets kind of a fun character the arc, little though. back and forth with the the, the radio and, and ice cube is a, is a good time is I, he the i only... just love how he channels zazu so well mm. oh yeah sure 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. is he the only character with an arc though 
Right? Because he, he kind of becomes... I don't know if he changes or just gets defeated by the well, end. Well, Owen Wilson has an arc. That's true. Well, Wilson has an arc as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're minimal arcs. Yeah. No, but no, minimal arcs, but I think they're the, the two Comer characters that have I mean, Eric Soltz has one. Yeah, I, gonna, <laughs> I was just going to say, Eric Soltz was went from the uh, red-blooded American male pioneer of this trip to... Uh, uh, just uh, in a constantly yeah. European colonizer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. Those are our thoughts. We are having a good time. Uh, a movie is made out of movie. We find that it successfully accomplishes movie. So, um, Gentleman Six, uh, kind of review. One hundred percent. Well, actually, no, that's a little far for me. Gentleman Six might be a, a bit, a much. bit too good for this. I just, I just <laughs> called Lost City with Sandra Bullock a Gentleman Six, uh, and this is no Lost City. Gotcha. So it's you know, it's, you know, but you know, middle of the pack kind of movie making. Sure. You know, is what we're going to say there. So with that, we're going to move on to our next little exercise, which is expanding the syllabus, and we're going going to try to that um, and give you uh, something interesting to think about with this film. But I think we need to explain first what expanding the syllabus is all about arthur could you please explain to the dear listener what that is about expanding the syllabus is a thought experiment wherein we the host assemble an academic course or module within a course based around the assigned viewing for the week and adjacent texts from books to tangentially related films and stories he threw you so quickly arthur because he could tell that i was going to try to make him do it he could feel me getting ready to throw to yeah, him trust oh, you. Yeah. I, I, did, I did not actually pick up any of those vibes it was just mm. you know yeah i was gonna try to trick you into doing it this it's, week it, i just i rolled for that sort of uh race class you know um and luck is one of my class features and so <laughs> yeah okay i just got ahead of sure. it sure okay <laughs> <laughs> anyway um arthur let's hear that um syllabus so that's a synopsis mm-hmm. syllabus please yeah i i think i would do and i don't know where i would put this you could do it maybe in a genre thing you could do it in a horror thing maybe more in a genre Maybe a production thing. I'm not quite sure, but I would really kind of focus on this kind of resurgence, I feel like, in mid-budget B-movies that kind of took place in the 90s. Um, obviously, the idea of you know shooting a film on the cheap and kind of using it as a lead into another movie, which is where you get the idea of the B-movie, which kind of uh, evolves into the exploitation films in the 60s and 70s. Uh, it's, it's kind of a word that just kind of tossed around to really refer to things that people kind of like, but don't want to really validate as being good in their minds. Um, whether that's a, a horror movie, a, any kind of genre movie, that's not quite a, what they herald as a masterpiece, right? We, it's a broad it's, umbrella. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, uh, but in the nineties, it really feels like they're kind of tapping back into this idea of movies that really did, I think echo back to an earlier time of creature features, disaster movies, a little expectative, uh, I think there's a little bit of expectation that kind of takes place. It's the way that, you know, and in this movie, kind of in the way that J-Lo is shot, costumed uh, oh, throughout. Sure, sure. Right. And and so I think that's one of those components of these movies. Uh, so I think I take, take a look at that. And I think I want to go back, back to 1980. I think where, where we get to kind of see this kick off. I want to look at Tremors uh, and Arachnophobia, which you've already mentioned. Uh, two big features. One tying more distinctly into this primal element of human phobias with arachnophobia and the spiders uh there uh and then tremors which is much more more modest what unknown. if there were big worms yeah uh and it's a good time uh yeah. you know we just lost fred recently uh, but this idea. is 
Uh, one of the good ones right here. Trimmers is a blast. He's so good. And hey, I think he's him in, and Bacon. Yeah, he's good in two also. Reed yeah, McIntyre guys. Yeah, so that whole cast I think is real yeah. solid. Yeah, I'm in, a fan of some two and three as well. I think some of the ancillary uh, Trimmers material is pretty good. And talk about a franchise that just took. Out, I mean, there's like seven or eight of these movies now. Yeah, and the just, prequel I mean, show they, too. I think they did yeah. one in the old west. It's got a huge kind of cult following. Really doubled down on that campy B movie element, mm-hmm. and they just made a whole franchise. And a couple of those real cast members have made a living on this, yeah. this franchise. A, Great idea for a siege film, right? Yeah, it, it, siege. Yeah. We can't walk on the ground, and yeah. it's in the desert. I yeah. mean, it's just a great idea. It's it's Dawn of the Dead. It's Assault on Precinct Thirteen, but with underground wars, right? That kind of idea. So great. It's just one part of what makes Dune so cool, sliced out and put into its own movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's a fun time, and I think it really. Kind of, I mean, these are both very successful films, and I think may kind of kick off uh, a return to this almost maybe nostalgic moment. Uh, of filmmaking and and genre filmmaking. And there we're going to move into uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Robert Rodriguez <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino. I watched there. that recently. I saw that. Um, this again does kind of feel like it's leaning. I mean, obviously, both of their involvement there does lean more into that exploitative mm-hmm. and grindhouse nature. Um, but I, again, another big, big success, obviously, a big point for George Clooney uh, in 96 yeah, early in his career. Yeah, we just talked about that on Peacemaker. Yeah, uh, and so he's really coming into his own, making that transition uh, kind of simultaneously. He's, he's on ER for a while, and he's making movies, and he's really kind of dual dual wielding that those roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's important from that. Uh, another, another one that's kind of spawned a legacy of straight to DVD, straight to TV sequels. And I think there are three or four of those movies two, as well. Right? At least two, maybe a third season of the TV show. Oh, oh I forgot about the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Created a network. El Ray is the is name because of, of Rodriguez's network, which yeah. is the uh, sort of, I don't know, Shangri-La of criminals that they're yeah. going to. Really, I think pro- probably brought him to an American audience after the first two entries in the... Desperado is an American, you know, uh, studio joint. but I is f- it? Yeah. But it, it's still... You know, it's it's, it, it's a sequel to Mariachi. It's like Evil Dead Two. You know, yeah. they have to remake half of the, the first movie, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So, so this is really that first big leap for him, I think. Yeah, but I think you're right. It also is like so much a part of like their modern grindhouse sensibilities that they'll go on to flesh out in 2007. Yeah. Right. I have to say, just in a, a quick personal review from Dust Till Dawn, I really like that first movie that it was before it became the other movie better. That is sort of the problem with it. The first I, movie is really good already, and the yeah. second movie is, I don't know, it's pretty it, it, okay. It's, it's a fine, fun, campy vampire film. Yeah. Harvey Keitel yeah. does some cool shit. Yeah, which, I like that. But yeah, I really want that movie. I, I want yeah. Juliette Lewis on, on A Life of Crime. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm so sad about natural killers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to jump into 1997, where everything is kind of operating full force. We've got Anaconda here. Uh, we also get Volcano and Dante's Peak, wow, two yeah, massive disasters movies about volcanoes. It is the deep impact Armageddon mm. thing, but with volcanoes. And that's with the next year, right? Is that's 97. Oh, 97 is also yeah. deep impact in Armageddon? Oh, no, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were saying. No. I was no, just, no. just saying. Yeah, like, deep this... impact Armageddon the next year. Yeah, man. This so really is a moment. Than... I mean, Twister's right in there as well. Yeah. I mean, you got this whole thing mm. going it's on. It's a whole moment. Absolutely. Um, and then from there, we'd probably wind up at the end of the decade uh, with Deep Blue Sea and Lake Placid, mm-hmm. uh, genetically engineered sharks versus giant man-eating water lizards, gator uh, or yeah, crocodile. Gator or crocodile, we'll have to get back to you about one. Um, but it really does kind of feel like the culmination, I think, of that moment. Uh, and some of these, you know, these directors kind of keep working, Jean de Bobant, uh yeah. and uh, Rainey Harland as well, uh, kind of keep, to get do- keep doing stuff. Um, but this kind of period of 
almost nostalgic moments of echoing back the 60s and 50s uh, creature features and the exploitation it, with bigger budgets, bigger stars, and trying to put them into a more mainstream spotlight. I think is an interesting move in the 90s to really look at and try to evaluate you know, what our audience is being drawn to here. Is it the, is it the concepts? Is it the people? Uh, you know, is, is it the quality of the filmmaking? You know, what's keeping momentum going for this uh, resurgence here in the 90s? And I think that's the question we would try to interrogate in this course. Do you wonder if it's the sort of Y2K anxiety? You know, we've talked about, the, especially by 97, the disaster stuff. We're yeah. really getting towards that. And I, and I do think part of that, you know, especially... Uh, you know, there's a lot of concern in the 90s about comets and asteroids hitting the Earth, and so we see that late in the 90s. And then it really kind of culminates with the end of days and stigmata and uh, bless the child, mm -hmm. which really feels like it's culminating in, in, in this pivotal moment right before uh, 2000 hits. The 90s were weird, friends. All right, Dalton, do you have a syllabus? I do indeed. I, it is worth noting, though, that Lake Placid is about a saltwater crocodile. I went ahead and did the uh, got the pull on that just for our own satisfaction. Uh, we had to know, listener, we had to know, simply. Uh, I think that it's fun to have a documentary crew be the center of this film, so that was sort of what I focused in on, was movies about making movies, uh, and specifically this would be like a horror module within a larger class about uh, film production as the the backbone of a narrative arc of a movie. Uh, but, but for the horror segment of this class, we'd look at Blair Witch, of course, the classic from 1999. Uh, we'd look at Wes Craven's New Nightmare, uh, we'd look at this film, Anaconda, and we would look at Shadow of the, Vamp of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe, uh, the film that's about the making of Nosferatu. Uh, uh, but but what if he was a vampire? And I think all of these films like they give us some fun things to look at as far as uh, the story within a story aspect of of the horror film. You know, having a horror film where there's somebody trying to create a narrative arc out of what's going on around them. And I, I think all of these films play with that in interesting ways. Obviously, New Nightmare is sort of the most directly uh, meta as far as engaging with the business of filmmaking and, and sort of the nature of the industry. Uh, documentary crew is just sort of an excuse to get people to where the scary stuff is happening in both this film and and even, I would argue, a little bit in Blair Witch Project, although it serves more function there as far as this is why we know what happened to these people. Sort of the found footage, the look of that movie is, you know, intrinsically tied to the fact that it's a movie about people trying to make a movie. So again, and it's it's a little bit better than Anaconda as far as using uh, that that bit of the toolbox. Again, Anaconda, it is just an excuse to get them to the Amazon. We don't really do much with it. You know, we get some, you know, footage uh, that they're shooting, but very, very minimal. Um, and again, in Shadow of the Vampire, that is the next one. Uh, I, say, I would say next to New Nightmare, the most about like, trying to make a movie about what goes into it. Um, and again, that one's just such an oddity. Uh, I think it's such a bizarre uh, kind of postmodern, very late 90s movie to, to revisit one of the most notable uh, early silent films and do a, a what if it was a real horror movie behind the scenes? Like, that's just so silly. I, I, I But again, it's a film that, that kind of, you know, it's got Malkovich, it's got Willem Dafoe, it is sort of got all these well-known character actors and it's kind of got some sort of pedigree to it. I think it's just such an interesting film. Uh, a movie that you guys talked about on the show, but I think I was not on that episode, if memory serves. I think I missed that one for whatever reason. I, don't I think I was remember. traveling or something. But anyway, it just, just an odd film. And again, to pair with all, all of these movies, I think they're all uh, doing different interesting things with uh, trying to get 
uh, film production into the, the, the gaze of the camera itself, which I think is interesting. Outside of the realm of horror, we could look at all kinds of stuff. I mean, we could look at movies that are more focused on the business side of it. Uh, Hail Caesar, the, the Artist, Tropic Thunder. Uh, we could look at Get Shorty, Adaptation. These are, these are other films yeah. we could look at outside mm. of the horror module. What about Sacrament? Oh, Sacrament's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because that is, they are going to document, uh, they are invited to document, right? And it is, what if there had been a documentary crew when Jonestown went down? It's sort of the the conceit behind Sacrament. I, I think that just only, only goes to, like, it, it's so interesting, the, the idea of film crew being the center of the horror movie. It, it is sort of uh, interesting how many movies about movies end up becoming horror films. And I, and I don't, I think that's maybe what the class would look at, where is the, at least this module of the class would kind of look at why, why do we, in this, the subgenre that is uh, movies about movies, why are there so many that are horror films? It does seem kind of odd. And I think Sacrament and Blair Witch both answer the question of uh, there is something something to the idea of documenting the horrific that is uh, I don't know, sort of appealing as far as a, a horror conceit. Um, Dustin, what about you? How would you how would you class up Anaconda and teach it? I think I think it does something really interesting in terms of our final girl situation. Uh, and I would just Carol J. Clover's uh, essay or chapter out of Men, Women, and Chainsaws, The mm-hmm. Final Girl. And uh, talk about, well, because we have a final girl and a final boy and another final and boy. And they're both people of color who frequently murdered very early in horror movies. Typically. Yeah, typically. And, and so those kind of tropes, because I do find that structurally the film is less Jaws and much more Friday the 13th. Yeah. It, it's very much, like, here's our group, here's our little Scooby gang of teenagers, they're yeah. all older, and this one's a self-absorbed person, this is the super academic one, this mm-hmm. is, you know... They, they, this they, is the they, person that's just here to do a job, this is the person that's Captain Ahab. Right, yeah, yeah. they all kind of fall into really, really sort of high school kind of caricature kind of tropes. And uh, although there's not a one-to-one correspondence to, like, who's it to jock and who... Yeah. That, that doesn't matter. The idea is that they're very, very sort of stock kinds of characters and so I, I think you would look at that and think about the structure of that film and how it does its final girlness mm-hmm. uh with it you know and we're looking at it as maybe possible exception to a lot of the rules and what exactly are the rules and then in other films that i think we could look at obviously i think you pick one friday or a nightmare it doesn't really matter sure. which uh probably friday one would be the way i'd go um but nightmare one just as well uh there's there's more meal of bone with nightmare but i think friday is much more typical in that generic kind of sense look at cabin in the woods and sure, uh sure. It's, you know because it is uh sort of upending some engaging. of those yeah those rules is too redundant to do scream and cabin in the woods both do you think you just do one well i mean scream's also meta in that sense but yeah. it's very much the halloween-esque traditional final mm. girl which, which i mean has obviously in the you know and again halloween's the inspiring film for clover's essay mm-hmm. uh, is what she's looking at directly but i was trying to sort of draw other things out there'll be some again sort of prose descriptions of that, and I would use it for, for just a class period, a module, uh, for a particular week, more like a seminar class, perhaps. Um, I'm not. I'm thinking long and hard about some final guys. We, we have some of those in some films. Other people of color who survive, uh, and there are a number of examples that one could use uh, for that. I think Get Out actually might be one I would want to think about a sure. little bit. Sure. Uh, for that, but that is the general um, way I would try to class this thing up just a little bit. Interesting. Because then it's a struggle. 
uh, I'll tell you the very least. So there you go, dear listener. Though your syllabus just just got much longer. Now it's time to get down to business. Yes, now it's time for us to struggle. Let's 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 open up Anaconda and find its themes, shall we? we? Can we just first talk about Owen Wilson's face profile inside the belly of an anaconda? I just such an image, such an image. It is well. I mean, photons did bounce off my retinas. Yeah, just uh, the imprint of a dude and a snake. (laughs) Pretty wild stuff. They're having a good time. They're having a yeah, great so. time. Oh my yeah, yeah. god! Yeah, no, the next team on this movie is having a ball. They are absolutely uh, just over the moon. They're, anacondas are biting dudes' heads. It's a great time. Yeah, we've really lost that kind of big adventurous spirit with CGI and technology and what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, now that we've kind of can rebuild characters that are dead and or actors that are dead mm-hmm. and build entire cities like we've we've regressed in what we want to try to do with it but it, it, it does feel still fun and exploratory and mm-hmm. yeah and our, and our uh, ability to do anything we've lost uh, some of the magic maybe yeah we can do anything so we forgot to do simple things like killing a guy with a giant snake yeah <laughs> I, I guess they do some cool and uh, komodo dragon stuff in skyfall and i think that's probably oh, a cgi there... komodo dragon i remember yeah. skyfall and i don't remember komodo skyfall dragon. or no time to die skyfall it's when he goes to the casino in Macau. It's like super brief. It's it's not even like a full set. Oh, like in an gotcha. aquarium or something. They're like in a little pit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. You're you're right though. It's just it's so simple. Like Anaconda, there's not much to it, but it is. There's such a yeah. I think exploration is such a fun word for it, Arthur. They're they're what can we do? What with are the, CGI? yeah? What are the limits? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I read a stat. Who knows? It came from IMDb, so you can never know. But the the stat I read was a uh, hundred grand for each second of snake CGI. Oh wow! Which I you know, who wow. knows? Could be true, could be not. But I think it's interesting. Uh, it's right wrong though. It's, no. pre- it's pretty extensive. I'm, I'm sure. Rend time, rendering time was incredible back yeah. then. I mean, still, you know, yeah. you have to have servers, uh, farms, and all kinds of crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, the the amount of computing power that goes into a Pixar movie kind of makes your your brain melt a little bit when you think about it. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. You suggested that perhaps John Voight's performance choices might be somewhat racist. You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't yeah. know. I'm far from the the arbiter on that, but maybe. Parag- I mean, I'm trying to remember if he's from Paraguay or Europe. I think he says he's from Paraguay. Paraguay. Okay, uh, and or Portuguese. Well, they they speak in Portuguese a lot. They speak Portuguese because they're in yeah. Brazil. Yeah. Is where the thing is said, but he yeah, is, he's Paraguayan. They, yeah. Paraguay, there's is there another Portuguese speaking country in South America other than Brazil? There's there's I'm another a, one, right? I'm not that I'm aware. Okay, but I mean, just well, you live right there, you would pick it up. Yeah, okay, you know, and that the languages themselves are quite similar, pretty cross. Um, yeah. With that being said, um, he seems to me like um, well, he seems like a colonizer. He seems to be genuinely Paraguayan to me. Yeah, they get, they get white so, people in Paraguay. Yeah, That's yeah, fair. You know, as as there are in most places, yeah, um, you will will find uh, a certain class that are more directly Spanish in ancestry. Yeah, right, which are white people. Yeah, and and so he seems seems to be he seems to be those. Although John Voight as a choice there as one of the most albinistic of all of our uh, great, great American actors. Yeah, uh, that is an interesting choice. I just yeah, but I, you know yeah. I, 
I think the kind of the con, but on the contrary, is the thing you brought up earlier is if if you've got this guy playing Mateo and you've got, you've got Danny Trey, why? Yeah, you know, it is really probably more of a we needed a bankable star, a bank John Voight, yeah. and he's at a weird point in his career. And then I, he's still got some. He's still in a weird cachet. point in his career right yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> being a, a conservative mouthpiece. Uh, yeah, but even in '97, he's kind of on his way out. I mean, he gets to do. Yeah. He's got this narrator, and yeah, but he's moved in that kind of father of the protagonist role or right. he's a or, bad guy or evil and this is, bureaucrat yeah. this is right after uh, Mission Impossible yeah right yeah so uh, but the same year as in the state too he's in that is he yeah yeah is he a villain in that yeah I figured yeah, yeah. Huh. I, I actually just watched it too yeah I saw so that he's an I forgot he was in it I was yeah. in the one yeah, stuff totally forgot about it as well um, he's, he's an interesting actor I, I've never found him good uh, and that might be even in Deliverance, you know, where uh, he's being acting with all this. Everybody's acting. It's so masculine. Uh, I think he's pretty bad in that movie. I, I think he's just OK. I think everybody else is better. Mm. I think Reynolds is great, even though he's out of commission for half the movie. I just I don't know. There's mo- maybe there's moments. Maybe I think I'm it's the role. I mean, short. I think he's great in Varsity Blues. Yeah, he's pretty good in Varsity Blues. Good Midnight Cowboy. I've never I've never seen. So I, I think it just depends on the role. What yeah, they want. that's fair. Even here are these. I think he's fun. I think, yeah, I think he's I really do think fun. he's, I'm having a great time with him. I don't think uh, he's, do, I mean, the I think, thousand ways to die in the river. <laughs> he keeps that accent consistent, no matter what that accent is. But yeah, and the, and the, the frown smile, the yeah. frown smile ear is good. The um, weird, the eyes, a yeah. lot of weird eye work. I mm-hmm. think he's also very capable of putting off that weaselness dirtbag i mean even when you first meet him you're like danger i can't trust this guy treacherous threat yeah. yeah i mean he is i mean he's a big guy too which i think sure. yeah, he's got a very big physical yeah. presence especially in this cast i mean he's because he's like six four or six five i think right oh, right? oh really he's, he's, he's a big, big guy wow. i'm pretty sure i'm gonna find out while yeah, we're talking <laughs> yeah i'm probably selling him short because he's on you know mad in his old age as so many of us often do uh but i don't know i i don't i I think he's fun here. I do think he's kind of, I think he's kind of bad, even if I mm. like him. If, if, even if I'm he's enjoying what he's doing. He's 6'2". Still. Big guy. Big guy. For Hollywood. For Hollywood, it's still a tall fellow. I, th- I do think the movie... No Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think the movie really effectively communicates what Sarone does to the dynamic of the boat, though. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the movie's strengths is using his present to ratchet up, presence to ratchet up tension. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I think it's really effective. It's, it's one of the things the movie does best. Yeah. Uh, it, it works really well for me. Um, how effective is he as an antagonist? Because, I, you know, it, it is interesting to go have there be an, a human antagonist to go along with the snake. He sort of represents this uh, exploitation of the rainforest, um, uh, being a poacher. That's sort of what he, as, as an archetype, he represents if he represents anything in the film, it's probably that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he effective as an antagonist? Uh, what do we think? Is it good I to have this kind of character there? I think, you know, it's really interesting because he's almost very, I mean, it's very subtle mind gamesy type stuff. We don't really see him do anything super nefarious until late in the movie. When, you know, he's done stuff that isn't really, you know, he, the wasp and the mask seems to be like a planted thing, right? He's mm-hmm. intentionally done that. And he's left what's his name out to die. Does it ever confirm that the wasp he did? I just assume no. that it's pretty. It, it has to be. It's like, so it's convenient. too convenient, right? So convenient. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a wasp. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like a plant type mm-hmm. thing. I always just assumed it was. Yeah. It's but, weird uh, they say his life, though, with the trick. Yeah, but uh, 
I, I think he's got to keep in the graces, right? He's not going to let him die because right. he's going to well, completely turn on Well, I don't think he really wants to murder anybody. He's no. willing to. He just wants to I be in charge. I think that's the thing, like, how far down this, you know, rabbit hole has he gone? He's, he, he's like, like, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he's like, he will kill them in order to get to the snake, mm-hmm. but it, that's, that's unnecessary. To, I'm not going to, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is so. There's just so many questions with this character, right? Like they go to a boat that seems to be his, that has yeah. this, this abandoned boat. You can assume is his, and he's just left there. Uh, we don't really get any answers on what's going on with well, that. Well, him and Mateo are in on it, right? It's, yeah, it, it's all this it's plan. A trap, right? Yeah, it's a trap yeah. to pick him up. Really? And, yeah. Okay. That, that I was, never those picked up the glances that they keep sharing. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. But then he just sells Mateo short and lets lets yeah. him die when they go out to get fuel. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, again, does he let him die as much as, well, he, well yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, again, it's just sort of like you made an omelet, you broke your eggs. Yeah. Um, I think the movie, interestingly enough, uh, is, I mean, it's ideological in the sense. Uh, there's a, oh, there's bad exploitation and there's good exploitation. Hmm. We're going to we're gonna find our mm-hmm. lost tribe and identify uh, corrupt and, uh, you know, socialize them to the West. Is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. uh, and that is noble for the sake of knowledge. And this other guy is going to capture a snake so people can look at it, study it, and go, "Ooh, big snake! Ooh, big snake!" The difference is what? Well, this one is... of them's good, Dustin. Well, can't that, you see? That's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, no, I'm, I'm playing along, and and so that's that seems to be one of those sort of ideological straits that the the film sort of butts up against and doesn't even quite realize. I was quite, quite cross at the end when uh, they did find the tribe and the people, and such uh, a funny ending to the, the movie. cubes. Like I got go with my camera. I'm like, you guys. I mean, this fade out, fade to black, go, baby. That's the end d- of the movie. Oh, man, first Four, to own tons of worse. people are tons of people are dead, but we're gonna go ahead. and get some footage for this doc yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so funny rip owen wilson uh yeah rip to our sound guy but we still got the camera so and our production we, designer we, uh, uh production manager. manager oh yeah, yeah no he makes it hide hi oh, just hide that's right yeah hide dies the waterfall that's right. the waterfall yeah yeah i just wanted hide to make it out or what's his name in the movie what it's a double oh, no. yeah david or he's he's great jonathan hide but and, and anyway, so yeah, the, there's that piece to it that it, it still is like, you know, we need to do these kind of things. We need to be mm-hmm. here. We need to do this kind of exploration. We're, we're just going to be the guys doing it. This is that sort of middling place in which you never really question, do we belong here at all? Yeah. Should the answer is no. The answer. Yeah. No. Leave the people who live in the Amazon alone. Right. They don't they don't want it. Leave them alone. Leave them be. Uh, they don't need any proselytizing of any sort, whether it's the modern world or or your religion. Just leave them be, please. Yeah, and so we're already uh, ruining their way of life with cattle land. So that's that's the thing that really I take issue with. You know, yeah, there. Uh, this is that ideological stream in there, and and then again, this is sort of the inaccessible that you don't even see it. For the sake of, you know, because it's so obvious what is exploitative about this, you know, the snake poacher, mm-hmm. right? Which poaching requires killing, does it not? I guess not necessarily. I guess you can illegally trap. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That would work. Yeah. Uh, you had a tracker, tiger trapping permit to get your trap tires? No, I think you probably just aren't supposed to trap them. But how do we... Transport them? Get them, yeah. I mean, most of them were probably through illegal means at this point. That's the thing that's kind of screwy I, I, when you think about zoos long enough. You go, wait a second. Does anybody have Joe Exotic on speed dial? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask Joe I where have, all these I have, I have animals questions. be coming from. Uh, there's an interesting uh, history of Mad Men's 
on boats in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically thinking of the Herzog film. So oh, yeah, Fitzcarraldo, yeah, Fitzcarraldo and, and the Burden of Dreams, the uh, documentary that accompanies I was, it. Well, I was also thinking of Gear Wrath of God just because right, it's right. an Amazonian set thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any there there, but it is interesting that it's uh, such a common story for the West. I guess there's also Apocalypse things now. Well, I was going to say Cannibal Holocaust or mm-hmm. uh, the Green Inferno. The what's his name? We were talking about this before. Oh, started. Yeah, the Green know. Inferno. Yeah. Who's, what's his Eli, Eli Roth. Roth. Eli Roth. Thank you. I, I was uh, going bear you, bear you, bear you. And I couldn't think of a real name. That is. Yeah. All, you just <laughs> see him in that baseball bat. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's it's all my brain did. It's a good scene. Uh yeah, I don't know. There's a fascination with the Amazon that uh, the West has, uh, or I guess, I don't know, it's always weird to call. You know, when the South America is, like, implicitly excluded from being part of the West, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just because of the nature of extractive capitalism, like, it's it's always been sort of treated as the, the little brother to the uh, northern part of the, the, the West. Mm. So. And again, the, the way the West sort of encounters it cinematically is with the good kind of exploitation. Uh, have you guys seen that Sean Connery film, Medicine Man? No, I don't know. Uh, familiar, but... uh, it's, well, he's a guy living in the jungles, and he's uh, sort of a chemical analyst or whatever. Mm. And uh, the loggers come through, and they're the bad guy guys. Sure. But uh, he is uh, finding this cure for something. I forget what it is, and it's made by a particular ant who uses this particular yeah. kind. You no, know, it doesn't matter. But he finds that stuff and uh, does it. It's it's a fun little movie. Um, ninety two is it that long? Not long ago, but anyway, that that's uh, he, he's there to exploit and use mm-hmm. the the uh, the rainforest for his purposes. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones. Yeah. Well, it's okay that I have come to the Amazon. I'm, sp- oh, I'm so I've nice. simply spent thousands of dollars for an ayahuasca trip. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> here. To, I'm here to change myself. I'm not here to extract something from the land. Well, you are, aren't kind you? Of are, yeah, you kind of are. That and that is sort of the whole nature of like interfacing with probably our planet's greatest natural resource is the the, the rainforest, mm-hmm. uh, the Amazon. Like it is uh, invaluable to our current ecosphere uh so it's it is any interfacing with is sort of problematic in, in its way well and uh, unless you were you know a steward of land the way that you know not just uh indigenous folks to the amazon i'm sure there's you know conservationists and, and plenty of people with an academic sort of mindset that are trying to preserve the land right it, it isn't all entirely extractive but is is it all exploitative can you can you even as an academic whether it's somebody from Brazil or uh, you know the the northern hemisphere is it always going to be a problem i don't i don't necessarily know if that's the case i think you can interface with that land if your goal is conservation right, right. but uh, it's a, a tricky question well and i think to engage in these places without really granting them to sort of mythicize them into simply just the jungle the lost the unknown you know where yeah the, i mean, no, I, mean I, I just did it a little bit right I go, the amazon right the it, yeah the where no white man has set his foot kind of stuff you yeah. know all the problems that joseph conrad's heart of darkness has uh it at least is aware of and engaging the colonialist pro- process that has been at work there. And this film seems to be completely oblivious, a- oblivious to all of that. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's no real way in which we're thinking about these people, you know, as, uh, again, colonized people. Now, of course, the Shurish Shama, 
Is, is that right? I think so. I believe so. That uh, sounds right. The probably made up. I'm, I'm sure they're made up. Probably. Yeah, I, mean, made I don't know. They got a, they got a fake uh, stone totem with an anaconda head. Like, yeah. It seems like it was made for the Se- movie. Seems like it's, yeah, too specific for the film. Yeah. But the Shurashama are probably unaware of their colonization, I suppose. Sure. Seems possible. But that being said... Plenty of uncontacted tribes out there still. You started out in Rio or wherever you started, um, and there's just, there's just no way it really, con- it really connects to any of that sort of history. You know, no. as opposed to Agira, the Wrath of God, which, which absolutely connected to that. Or that's, that's what it's, it's about. Geraldo, yeah. Yeah. In either case, those movies are aware of, of that. Um, there's even, uh, there's a, it's a deleted scene. It's only in the Redux, super, super long version of Apocalypse Now. But they they actually travel through a French rubber farm at mm. one point, you know. And sort of oh, touch yeah. On it's that. in the Redux. Yeah, yeah, in the Redux, yeah. So, there, I mean, there are places where you have some of those connections uh, in these other films and other works of art. And it... <sighs> It seems to be a real kind of miscue here. Yeah, it's. I mean, that that sort of attitude towards the jungle is personified in Serrano and in uh, John Voight, and that's pretty much all that we have to say about that, mm-hmm. really. Um, this has exclusively archetypes, I feel like, and we've kind of talked about that already. But I, I it's you know, I feel like it's been a while since we tackled a movie that is mostly stock characters. I feel like even in something like the aforementioned Varsity Blues with John Voight, uh, that plenty of opportunity for stock characterization there, and there is definitely a little bit of it. But mostly everybody's com- somewhat complex. Yeah, there's, there's, mm-hmm. a no- there's a complicating layers. layer yeah. to everybody. Owen much. Wilson is horny. Here, yeah, Owen, yeah I Owen, mean, that, that's that's his that's character. Deal. I mean, he's yeah. probably the closest thing to the jock, right? Eight. Him and Cube. Yeah, I feel like Ice Cube gets to be the comedic relief. Well, he gets to be, he gets to be City Boy in the country. The City Boy, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Owen Wilson is Surfer Boy, I guess. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, just dipshit who's easily manipulated. He's also the sellout, right? The corporate. Right. The yeah. yeah, whereas Ice Cube's character, like, like, is ready to kill Serrano if it comes down to it because he can tell this guy's bad news. Right. Our yeah. production manager, I mean, I guess she's there for eye candy. She's there to get murdered by the snake. Get, get murdered yes. by the snake. And yeah. where midriff exposing clothing and to for johnny to be creepy that's all the women yeah yeah well that's kind of all of them yeah 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 that's fair that's definitely you don't wear heavy long clothing on the amazon (laughs) i mean not wrong no (laughs) not wrong but yeah arthur pointed it out already the camera camera finds finding yeah 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 Yeah. without a doubt without a doubt doubt uh you know it's so funny that that we've already talked about it but there's two side characters that get arcs uh does ice cube have a character name of course he does it's danny danny it? uh and then um wendell it's not wendell warren warren, warren westridge westridge that's oh, westridge. Yeah, westridge. Yeah. westridge and danny both kind of have a moment right westridge comes around and gets to be uh on the good guy team uh for helping take down serrano and then of yeah. course danny and terry uh jail character are, are always the good guys but uh you know it's it's interesting that there's just you know not really an arc to anybody you know i know i i just gave murder by numbers a hard time for forcing an arc on sandra bullock's character but it does make you think man it is nice when there's a satisfying arc to a character it's an arc yeah yeah something it's i don't know it's kind of fine that there's not i guess because it is just a big monster movie but uh, it is one of those things where the longer you think about it it does make you think oh yeah there's not much memorable here because not much happens really yeah um, it is so weird to sideline Eric Saltz speaking in my character <laughs> to really bring him back is. up. It's so funny to me because he's like, what, third build? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's, that's wild. I mean, he's Eric Stoltz. I mean, he's a big guy, you know? He's a pretty big git. I, I guess big-ish. He's not really anymore, and I think he was kind of on his way out in 97, but still. Yeah. Pretty bizarre. It, it is pretty, I mean, his, most of his work now is sort of in the realm of uh, production work, it seems like. He's a producer. Oh, is he now? A lot of things, yeah. Oh, okay. Big producer on the Madam Secretary. He has a recurring small role in there, and huh. he does that kind of uh, television production. I think he does a lot of gotcha. now. So he's doing well for himself. Good. In case we're all worried about Eric Stoltz. No need to worry about Eric Stoltz. He turned out okay. Um, so, uh, with that, uh, what other big analytical handles do we have in Anaconda? Uh, don't mess with nature or it'll eat you. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. 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 Classic. We've got Ahab type. We haven't really talked. Uh, again, another stock character, but, uh, you know, Serrano is sort of the, the, the uh, hunter-possessed of uh, extreme ideology. Uh, we we got it with uh, Pete Paulson the weight last yeah. week, and then of course the first Jurassic Park has its own variation on that kind of character. Yeah, uh, it, it is sort of an archetype in uh, exploration movies. You have to have a uh, uh, so the Great White Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it always is a Great White, of course, right? Right, because that's that, that's who wears khaki to the jungle. <laughs> uh, but it's such an interesting archetype that uh, it's it's fun to see somebody play around with, with it. I guess even uh, if the choices are weird and not the way a human being has ever behaved, uh, <laughs> they work for a screen villain for sure. Yeah, uh, but you know, there's nothing really remarked upon with that type of character in this movie. I don't think it is just sort of one of the many stock types that are deployed. Uh, unless you guys have something to say about his Ahab ness. No, Ahab's more interesting, and I don't even care for Melvin. So, <laughs> there's that. Well, I guess we need to go ahead and render us a verdict then. Yeah, it seems on, like we've all on, run out of things to say about Anaconda. On the Anaconda. Yeah. We don't want none. Uh, so, <laughs> what <laughs> do you say, Arthur? Shelf or trash for Anaconda? I would gently toss this in the trash. I mean, it's a fun time, but it's not lighting any fires. So. That's where I'm at with it, though. Light fire on top of the snake on fire at the... Okay. Yes, Dalton, what would you say? I can't believe they actually did like that puppet on <laughs> that's, that's nuts. That's an expensive shot. That's yeah. pretty expensive. You gotta get it due. Hey, you know what? How many were... Do you know how they, did they say how many they had? Uh, I wasn't... There's scant behind the scenes stuff. Somebody Weird. has stitched together the entire press from the 90s. It's like 50 minutes, and some of it's just like like sites That's stuff. funny. Really funny stuff. Um... There's at least one, two. I think there's at least two animatronic snakes, and I think there's like a tail section and a head section. There's just, you mm-hmm. know, there's no like one big snake. Yeah, I think it's just ta- one a tail half and a head half. Um, you know what? For lighting that snake on fire, I'm going to gently shelf, shelf this. It is <laughs> kind of, uh, an interest. It's funny as hell. Uh, it is, as Arthur said, one of the more notable like B movies of the 90s. Uh, and again, we I think it's, you know, talk about it's, it's kind of interesting status as far as horror movie where the the final girls are actors of color and uh they they get out of the movie and pretty much unscathed mm-hmm. uh that's rare uh and again they light the damn puppet on fire and have it move through the river chasing j-lo that's nuts <laughs> uh weird movie uh gentle shelf bottom shelf for sure but it's Rock on the gun. shelf nonetheless. <laughs> the yeah. cinematic rocket. Exactly. Uh, I am going to gently trash the film uh, because I do think it's a good example of a 90 B, but there are lots of 90s Bs out there, and there'll be one of them streamed when I need one. Yeah, that's for sure. And that, that, so I don't need to have it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, if, if I have my choice, it's probably the one I'm going to grab. But I think I'd go for Deep Blue Sea. I'd take Tremors. 
Oh, Ooh. Tremors. I don't or, know. Uh, Sam Jackson's big speech in Deep Blue Sea is like, like an all-time 90s it is a great moment. moment. Yeah. yeah. And I have a lot of affection for Arachnophobia, too, yeah. which uses real-life spiders for the most part and a couple puppets yeah. and uh, does manage to give you... I mean, I'm not nearly as creeped out by spiders as I am by snakes, but it does give you that, that squirrely heebie-jeebie feel. And it's got John Goodman. And John Goodman. I mean, National Treasure right there. I think that. we just sealed the deal on that. Yeah, maybe... Look, again, uh, I put it on the bottom shelf for a reason. Yeah. So there you go, friends. Uh, those are our thoughts on Arachnophobia. If you'd like to share your thoughts, Dalton will tell you how. I sure will. You can send us a long-form feedback to goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. That's where we can receive uh, your long, d- delicate delicate thoughts on Anaconda. Uh, I'm watching Arthur play with the Stegosaurus toy, and it's really distracting me, but I'm loving every second of it. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at Good Trash Media. Uh, last but certainly not least, if you want to help us out uh, as far as keeping lights on goes, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash GTM. There's, there's all kinds of fun bonus stuff over there for you. Uh, and some physical goodies. We'll send you a movie from time to time, or you can pick a movie for us to talk about uh, on the show. Uh, again, again, all that information can be found at patreon.com forward slash GTM. Arthur, are we done with 1997 finally? We are. Okay. And next week... That's a little... I, you know, I'm sad to see it go. It's fun. Yeah. It's been it a was hoot. a good time. Yeah. A quarter century retro. We didn't really talk about much of... Well, I guess that would be one of the things we could talk, talk about was any highlights or things we noticed about 97, but we could save that for another day. Sure. Because next week, we're going to bring you something completely different. And for the past, past few months, we have been working on a special project for July. And next week, we are going to kick off a countdown of epic proportions when we take a look at our top 100 movies of all time. That's right. Our top 100 movies of all time for the next several weeks. No more movies, just movies. Movies. We're just doing. We're, we all three have made a list, and we've checked it twice, and we have rated. I it. actually have to check it thrice. I, I have think to, I have to check it <laughs> a um, day again. Yeah, I will probably change it every day before because we're gonna do 20, each episode. Uh, I guess we can tell people twenty this. titles per, per episode. So okay. We're gonna just start with one hundred and to eighty. Uh, yep. There we go. All right. So, uh, and these are all movies of all time. These are not just good trash movies. These are just all the movies. Yes. And so, new, old, foreign, domestic. And uh, you'll, you're going to find out very quickly that uh, Dalton is very, very interested in who ranks between 43rd and 42nd. I'm just like, hey, mid-40s, th- this is the set of movies. I'm fine with that. And you're going to find that out about the difference between us. I think we're, you're going to flirt a lot about all of us. <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself, for sure. Uh, yeah, There's definitely parts of my list from, like, who gives a shit, and then other parts where I'm, like, very meticulously, like, for a reason, got three yeah. or four in a row where I'm like, those four are together for a reason. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Yep. Yeah, you keep watching. We'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. Oh.